Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. A rested child is a happy child. Sleep Tight Stories is a weekly podcast that brings comfort and joy to families worldwide with calming bedtime stories. The stories are relevant to children and spark wonder without overstimulation, so they can fall asleep and stay asleep. Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For a bedtime routine you'll miss when they're grown, Sleep Tight Stories. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, guys, and welcome to a new episode of Couch Talks on Unit Therapy Podcast. My name is Kat. I am the host. And if you're wondering what Couch Talks is, it is the special bonus episode of Unit Therapy that comes out every single Wednesday, where I answer questions that listeners just like you send in to Catherine at UnitTherapyPodcast.com. I always keep them anonymous so you can feel safe sending your question and With all that, I'd like to add our lovely disclaimer that although this is a podcast hosted by a therapist called You Need Therapy, it does not serve as a replacement or a substitute for any actual mental health services. Now, before we get into our question today, one really great question, I wanted to give a little plug for myself because I today started a Instagram account for my practice, my therapy practice, Three Chords Therapy. The account is at Three Chords Therapy, T-H-R-E-E-C-O-R-D-S Therapy. And you know, I've had this practice for five years and I'm not sure why I haven't done this yet, but I thought today was the day. So if you guys would like to follow that, I would love that. It's going to be a lot of just mental health focused content and information separate from the podcast and separate from my personal life, you know? And if you don't know what three quarts therapy is and you're like, wait, what? It is my therapy practice in Nashville or myself and I have three other lovely therapists that work with me there and we can serve clients all over Tennessee. Um, We can't go outside of the state due to licensing laws, but you can still follow our account and enjoy all of the content we post there. So at Three Chords Therapy. Thank you. Now for our questions. It's a great question. Very timely after the episode we did on Monday about religious and spiritual trauma. So let's get into it, shall we? Hey, Kat, I love your podcast and I have a long-winded question for your Couch Talks episode. I'm in therapy and have been for two years. 
I just opened up about a situation that occurred during my college years. I was in a program where our weight determined our grade and success at the school and was made to think that our career would be affected as well. When someone lost the weight that they, in quotes, needed to, they would get better grades and opportunities. It's still hard for me to accept that the environment there affected me and my mental health. Looking back, physically, it did affect me, and mentally, I'm still in that mindset. But there is still a part of me that believes that they were doing something that was for the best and it wasn't trauma. How do you go about acknowledging and accepting situations that could have been traumatic? What if we are too stubborn and resistant to accept the truth? Okay, so when I read this question, my first thought was like, well, my first feeling was anger. And my first thought was, what kind of program was this? I am so confused how this is a thing and why this would be a thing. I have a lot of questions on that. But regardless, I don't know that it would really matter because it just sounds, I mean, I would say unhealthy and toxic. So like I said, this is a really good question to come right after we did an episode on spiritual and religious trauma. And what I want to reiterate here is that trauma happens even when people have good intentions. It's a confusing idea that that can be a thing because trauma for good reason, is seen as a very bad thing. Now, this idea that it can happen when people have good intentions does not excuse the trauma. It doesn't negate the trauma. It doesn't negate what happened to you or give the thing or person that caused the trauma a free pass. That's not what that means as well. But I think a lot of times we look at stuff like that and we say, oh, well, they were doing it for a good reason or they didn't know any better. Or dut, dut, dut. It still means that that thing can be traumatic towards you. It doesn't mean you have to hate the people involved. Sure, you can, but it doesn't mean that that necessarily is there. You can have a lot of understanding and compassion for that experience and also acknowledge that this is something that was really, really hard for me and my body to process and understand and cope with. I also want to reiterate that we get to decide if something is traumatic or not to us. Two people can experience the same thing. One can experience trauma and and one might not. And also we might need more time to acknowledge that. And so I, I want to say that because you have agency here to decide what this has meant to you and what this continues to mean for you. So something that this reminded me of is when I see... I see this a lot when I see someone who has emotional or psychological trauma from their caregivers, often we want at least one of them to be, be good. We want one of them to remain like on the angel side of us. And so we excuse behavior of another parent or we minimize the behavior or we minimize the effects of the behavior. And we do that because we, again, want something to hold on to. We want to have that like good cop in our brain. We want to have that good memory, good experience. And what I want people to know and what I hope to help people when they're in my office to acknowledge is just because a parent's choices or abilities created pain for you, it doesn't mean we have to throw the baby out with the bathwater. We can still love our parents and we can still have happy experiences from our child. We can still have things in these two things age-old therapy quote two things that kind of conflict each other can be true at the same time. And so when I look at parents involved in these kinds of situations, often the parents are doing the best they can with what they know and what they have. 
Now, the reality is the best was just not good enough for what their kids or what the people around them needed. And that sucks. And I'm allowed to acknowledge that without demonizing somebody or throwing my whole childhood away or throwing away every safe person in my life. I can acknowledge that something sucked. I can acknowledge that something was not what I needed. I can acknowledge that I needed more of something and still hold other truths about that ex- the experience that I had with those people. So now this is very nuanced because everybody's situation is different. So I don't want anybody to hear this think, well, I have to still love my mom. No, some people don't. Some people do hate people. I'm somebody who actually is on the side of like, it's really okay to hate people. Um, We're human. And sometimes that's a response to things that have happened to us and things we've experienced. And yeah, there's a lot to that. I could keep going. I want to get back to your question. This is something that can really, really be explored in a safe way. If we just ask questions and remain curious about the situation rather than judge ourselves or shame or guilt ourselves into agreeing to feel a certain way. We cannot think our way into agreeing to feel a certain way. Our feelings come and we can either acknowledge them or not acknowledge them. I want to give a little shout out to Ted Lasso, the dart scene. I'm rewatching it and this is the best scene of the whole series, but he talks about that quote, um, be curious, not judgmental. And this is what I would offer you in this situation. Like remain curious in the space, remain curious about your experience rather than judgmental, rather than push yourself into one side or the other, ask yourself questions that are going to lead you where you need to go. If you feel very protective over the experience you had, you probably have a reason to, and maybe you don't need that protection anymore. It's worth digging into why you may have needed it in the past before you go ahead and say, no, we have to change our minds about this. Like allow yourself to walk in that space gently. And I've talked about this metaphor before and on the podcast, I don't know when the last time I shared it, but a lot of times I will talk about clients eating disorders or addictions as things that possibly could have saved their lives. And and maybe they did in certain space. It's something that I held on to to move me through something that was really hard. The space we're in now is telling us we don't need this anymore, but we don't clock that. We don't recognize that we're not in that space that we still need this protection. And so maybe a lot of this is about opening up a space for you to clock that idea, acknowledge the idea that you no longer need protection from the reality of this experience you had. So some questions that just pop into my head that might help you start this process, and since you're in therapy, you can do this with your therapist, or would be what part of me needed to believe that this was an okay thing? What part of me knew that it wasn't okay? What part of me was really confused about it? And what part of me now wants to talk about it? So again, just be curious and ask yourself questions about the experience you had and about the experience that you're having. And I would encourage anyone sitting through an experience like this to just be gentle in asking the questions and also tune into your body as you do this. Where might you be storing that confusion or those stuffed feelings in the situation? What's coming up in your body as you start to ask those questions? What part of you perks up? What part of you shuts down? And the other question that you asked was, what happens if you just resist and you don't let yourself acknowledge your own truth? Well, this is very timely because I was saying that I started the Three Chords Therapy Instagram today and 
I actually posted this quote today and it is, we cannot heal what we refuse to acknowledge. So you're asking, what happens if we're too stubborn to accept that this was hurtful? Well, we're going to be carrying that around with us regardless of whether we acknowledge it or not because we can't heal something and make it go away unless we acknowledge it. So because we have to contort this thing into something that we can't recognize as hurtful, we may be hurting ourselves more or we might be hurting others in that process. For example, if I refuse, this happened to me, if I refuse to acknowledge that when I got weighed in front of my entire class in middle school, in the gym class that we had, if I refuse to acknowledge that I felt a lot of shame and anxiety about that experience, if I have to tell myself that that was fine and it needed to happen, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to take on that belief system that I actually might not agree with, and I'm going to end up passing that belief system onto somebody else whether that's a family member, whether that's friends, whether that's people I just interact with. My behavior and how I interact in the world is going to come out based on how I had to contort myself to make that experience okay. And instead of being able to recognize my anxiety and my shame as a human experience to something that didn't feel safe, I'll create a story about how I was dramatic or I felt too much or maybe I felt shame because I needed to lose weight and I should have been embarrassed and I was unhealthy when in reality, I wasn't. You see where I'm going with this? If I refuse to acknowledge something and I shove it somewhere, I'm going to have to contort my belief system somehow, some way to be able to register that as an okay thing. And that's going to come out in how I continue to talk to myself. It's going to come out in how I continue to talk to others and how I interact in the world. I was actually talking with Josie, another one of the three chords therapy therapists about some stuff in the therapy world, some of our clients. And I I was talking about how there are consequences to every decision we make. Any change brings loss and oftentimes loss brings feelings, including grief. And, And that's really hard. And we get to decide in those situations what consequences we want. There are consequences in staying where we are and there are consequences in moving or shifting. There are consequences in acknowledging something. There are consequences in refusing to acknowledge something. And what we have to ask ourselves is, do I want the challenge of moving through this and what might come with it? Maybe a lot of feelings, maybe a lot of grief, like feeling our feelings. Or do I want the unconscious consequences that could actually be more dangerous, but I refuse to look at? And maybe that sounds really nice. What I would want to share with people is that just because you aren't looking at them, it doesn't mean that they aren't there. And it doesn't mean that other people don't see them and other people aren't affected by them. So I say all of that to give you again, we talked about this a lot on Monday, more agency in your experience. One, be very gentle with yourself as you move through this because it's new. It's hard. Feelings are hard. Allowing truth about things that we want to be good, that maybe are not good. That's really hard. I've been in that space a lot. And acknowledging that means that if then I have to make different decisions and I have to do different things and then I have to make these changes. And again, that's difficult. But you have the agency and you are in control of this situation, of the story you tell yourself, of the consequences you choose and the meaning that you make. Your therapist isn't in control of that. I'm not in control of that. You are because you're the person that's going to know what you need better than anybody else. And that might sometimes feel wrong because you're like, wait, therapists are supposed to know. No, we can help you figure it out. 
but there is no way that I can know or any other person can know what you need better than yourself because we are not in your body and we are not in your brain. Now, a caveat with that is that when our brains are sick, for a lack of a better term, sometimes we do need the help and the guidance of somebody else to help you heal that organ in your body. But when it comes down to you and knowing in your gut from a healthy space what you actually need, you're going to you're going to be the one that can grab onto that truth better than anybody else. So I hope this was helpful. And if you have any more questions, you guys know you can send them to Catherine at UniTherapyPodcast.com. And again, you can follow me three different places now at UniTherapyPodcast, at Three Quartz Therapy, and at Cat.Defada. I hope you guys are having the day you need to have. And I will be back with you on Monday for a new episode of UniTherapy. Bye. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hey, everybody, welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts.